This podcast was produced by Steve Gehrig. Send any comments to my email address, bird-legs at hotmail.com. That is bird-legs at hotmail.com. The Gershwin Brothers wrote a tune called It Ain't Necessarily So. This phrase applies to all we see and hear on media, that is, print, broadcast, online, and social media. If these media messages that we hear and or see are true, that is, representing actual facts, then people will hear what is actually happening in the real world. But sometimes these media present messages that ain't necessarily so. Some people call this fake news or false news. Continuing our series of podcasts entitled It Ain't Necessarily So, our point was that what we hear or read in the media ain't necessarily so. We now look at the statement, you have to be churchy to be a Christian. By churchy, we mean the stereotypes the media puts forward concerning how a follower of Jesus should act, speak, and think. Broadcast, print, and social media collect their information examining the behavior of these these mainline Christian churches existing today. The first stereotype the media put forward is that you have to join a particular church or denomination, for example, Catholic, Protestant, and others, to become a Christian. It ain't necessarily so. A simple comparison of the requirements to become a Christian in the New Testament record compared to those of virtually all the mainline Christian denominations shows that certain powerful men changed these requirements, replacing those in the original and oldest records with something new, something evolved, something modern. Although the original New Testament documents claim that the New Testament record requirements were not to be modified. Those who believe these media propagated man-made modifications to the historical record found in the New Testament are trusting in false news. They join a Catholic, Protestant, or some other church label with man-made rules that add to or subtract from or actually conflict with the simple teachings of Jesus. So we have a case where virtually all people who claim to be Christians really are not. They are merely followers of man-made systems that were devised years after the original was recorded for us in the New Testament documents. An example of this type of change to the original taught by some churches is that people become followers of Jesus as infants by being sprinkled with water by a priest. It ain't necessarily so. The New Testament examples of people becoming Christians never has this mode of conversion. Indeed, it is plain that only when people believe that Jesus actually rose from the dead and is their omnipotent Lord that they become followers of Christ which is what Christian means. An infant is incapable of such belief. Yet soon after the original Church of Christ began, certain men established this new mode of conversion, which contradicted the one Jesus taught. Another modification of the New Testament recordings put out by some of the media is that uh, mere intellectual belief in a historical Jesus will suffice. 
All one has to do is say the magic words, I believe in Jesus. It ain't necessarily so. The New Testament documents show that this belief is not just a simple assent that Jesus was resurrected, but something more, an affirmation that the person will obey the teachings of Jesus, a firm commitment that they will change their ways and try to do as Christ has taught. Another evolution concerning conversion, propagated by the media, says that one may become a Christian without being immersed in water, which shows an immediate act of obedience. It ain't necessarily so. Not only did Jesus teach that one must believe and be immersed, but all cases of conversion in the New Testament record show that all converts were immersed in water. Again, mere men decided churchy folk should follow their teachings rather than Jesus. So, an adult can be saved without the need to be immersed in water? It ain't necessarily so. A person committed to becoming a Christian believes in Jesus as his risen Lord, and he follows what Jesus has asked him to do, simply immersed in water as a symbol of obedience. Another doctrine that the media often propagates is that Christians must be judgmental, condemning sinners at every turn. Christians are snooty, looking down on many people as beneath them. In many cases, they have used very violent means. For example, the Crusades, the Spanish Inquisition, witch hunts, gay bashing, and bombing of abortion clinics. This is not necessarily so. The New Testament record makes it clear that a Christian must never take the law into their own hands and punish those whom they think are sinners. Yet certain men have ordered people to use punishing and even violent means against those they label as sinners. They clearly are contradicting the teachings of Jesus. A Christian must not judge or punish sinners if that means harming them in either violent or nonviolent ways. They are to leave that for God to do. Those Christian groups that teach such vindictive tactics are plainly elbowing out Jesus and putting themselves in his place. The media sources promote the idea that there must be a clergy and a laity in any Christian church. For example, that the church has a pyramid structure with the powerful controllers at the top, that is the clergy, and ordinary members below them as the laity. This ain't necessarily so. New Testament documents say there must be no division among followers of Christ, none above the other. Yet certain men commanded that there was supposed to be a priest class of first importance and a lay class of lesser value. The New Testament recordings are clear that the church does not discriminate among its members, does not have a clergy class who are the bosses or lords controlling the affairs of the church at the expense of the other members. Those organizations who do have hierarchies amongst their members are not following the teachings recorded for us in the New Testament. Much of the media claim that churchy folk must give of their means 10% of all they earn. Now, while New Testament documents show that giving to the poor and giving for good works was done regularly, giving was not to be compulsory. Only the giver had a decision on how much 
money he should give. Again, certain men changed the New Testament teachings and forcefully ordered people to give a 10% or more of their earnings. A look at the New Testament documents made it clear these organizations are not following principles laid down by Jesus in the historical record. The media have often presented the idea that Christians must look upon sex as a dirty, sinful thing, a joyless act to be engaged in with heavy hearts. It ain't necessarily so. Self-styled authorities have gotten that idea from the story of Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. God gave all the trees in the garden to Adam and Eve except one, forbid them of the eat of the fruit of one tree. They disobeyed him and were thrown out of the garden. These authorities, who thought they knew what God really meant, ruled that when God said fruit, he meant sexual relations. So they taught that those engaging in sexual relations are always committing a sin. However, there's no reason to assume that this is what God meant by fruit. Plain text simply states that Adam and Eve disobeyed God by eating forbidden fruit, nothing more. And so these men commanded that sex is a sinful thing, some of them even commanding their priests to be celibate in order to be an example in avoiding this dirty sin. Jesus never taught that sexual relations were dirty or sinful. The New Testament says that marriage is honorable among all and the bed undefiled. Although there's no record of Jesus being married, some of his disciples and his brothers were married. There is much teaching in the New Testament about marriage and sex. The New Testament histories reveal that sexual relations within marriage are not sinful or something to be ashamed of. Those church groups that teach that sexual relations are necessarily sinful are not following the teachings of the New Testament. Media often say that churchy people must either be dour, unsmiling folk or sometimes just the opposite with Christians wearing multicolored clothes, jumping up and down and all, being always happy. Some media picture them as recluses, for example, monks in a monastery or extremely extroverted and in your faith. These characterizations ain't necessarily so. The New Testament documents do not legislate that followers of Jesus have any particular type of personality. Their personalities must be as different as their individual bodies. Jesus did not legislate in these matters. The New Testament claims that uh, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. So the media-based idea of being churchy in all the above ways does not match what is written in the original New Testament recordings. Rather than listening to broadcast online or social media, which mostly talk about a church that has been modified, changed, and evolved by powerful men, it is far better to go back to the original message of the New Testament, which its writers claim has come from God. Virtually all people who believe these man-made doctrines are not Christians because they are not obeying Jesus' teachings, but those made up by mere men. Those who believe these media-propagated man-made modifications to the historical record are trusting in false news. Join us for more podcasts in the series, It Ain't Necessarily So. My name is Steve Gehrig. Send any comments to my email address, bird-legs at hotmail.com. That is bird-legs at hotmail.com. Thank you.